You are listening to The Path Podcast on Mountain Bike Radio. Welcome to another episode of The Path Podcast. Uh, this is Nathan. I'm here with Ock. Unfortunately, Tani can't join us today, but we've got a special co-host. Yes. Mr. Bla- Brian Blair. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Re- renowned buyer of The Path Bike Shop. Yes, and um, also has some very solid solid um finishes in some amazing races yeah so uh so brian is he works at the shop he's the buyer which is pretty fun you get to buy everything that goes through the bike shop right yep so can be fun but it's work for you right that's Uh, fun (laughs) um brian's also really well-rounded athlete running riding fat biking paddling Basically, he's our like adventure guru, if you will, <laughs> and is always full of awesome stories and awesome tips and locations and races that he's done and events that he's done and adventures that he's gone on. So, uh, Ox going to do a little, give you a couple of little highlights on Brian's background, and then uh, I think we're going to jump into some fun story time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've, you know. People like Brian uh, and the world's fastest Indian who we've had on the show as well, uh, Sanjay. I like to say that I live vicariously through them. Um, I guess my my adventures in life are just of a different nature than Brian and, and others. But Brian, it's pretty amazing. So things like Leadville 100. So that probably rings familiar to quite a number of people's uh, minds, JRA. Um, belt buckles dude (laughs) (laughs) the big one (laughs) Um, brian finished leadville 100 in uh just over eight and a half hours i was looking out of like that that race has probably been going on for how many years i think like um, early 90s early 90s so 25 years oh man i'll get yeah, 25 years, maybe. Brian, I looked Google <laughs> <laughs> internet stalking. You're like in like the top 1,500 finishers ever. Huh. I mean, in 20 years. No. <laughs> Tens of thousands of people maybe racing that thing over 20 years. I don't know. And, and you got the big belt buckle. Right? Yeah, I've got a couple of little ones and I've got one big one. Nice. That's how, how often did you wear the big one? I wore it for about a week. <laughs> nice. Then, yeah. Nice. It's really big. <laughs> Uncomfortable when you lean? Yeah. Next next time you come on and host, you'll have to bring <laughs> I'll it. I'll wear it. You'll yeah. wear it. Okay. Did you have to buy a belt for said belt buckle? No. I, I pretty much only do races that have belt buckles. <laughs> so I already had a growing collection of buckles and belts at that point. So just, just to give you a little bit of background on this, uh, the first time when the Grizzly 100 race here in Big Bear came around, um, Brian was talking me into doing the Grizzly 100, and uh, I, I think the the clutch phrase was "belt buckles, dude." <laughs> <laughs> Sold. That was my first belt buckle. <laughs> so um, yeah, other things that that Brian has done: um, the Arrowhead 135, which I was reading about. It's supposed to be in 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 some lists the top 50 most challenging adventure races in the world. So this Arrowhead 135, it's a 135 miles in the frozen tundra of Minnesota. Yep. <laughs> it sounds pretty cold. It's oh. pretty awesome. <laughs> I think this was a tune-up race for other things for you. Yeah. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks before the Iditarod Trail in, I think it was 2013. Wow. And Brian finished 12th overall. I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. Pretty phenomenal. <laughs> how how long does that take you? Like the uh, I think the Arrowhead was a twenty hour deal. <sighs> wow. <laughs> right around there anyways. Uh I'm my brain's yeah. short circuiting. So the, <laughs> I mean Leadville eight thirty seven. Yeah. I mean it That's <laughs> a jaunt in the park. <laughs> <laughs> how big was that belt buckle? <laughs> no buckle there. No buckle. I made an exception. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, other races that people that listen to our show or maybe JRA folks might be familiar with, Cream Puff 100. Yep. Now, awesome. That one, is that the one you've recommended to me as a good technical 
I recommend that race to everyone in terms nice. of hundred milers. It's awesome. Okay. And that's in Oregon. Oak Ridge, Oak Ridge. Westford. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. So outside of Eugene. Is it? Yeah. Is it Oak Ridge? I think, so. I think it's outside of Eugene. Yeah. Westfur Alpine trail. Okay. Yeah. Don't, don't let the name fool you though. Right. It is no cream puff. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, um, yeah, I mean, some pretty solid finishes in the cream puff 100. Um, as of recent, I, and maybe in the past five, six, seven years, you've been also running. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably been five or six years. See, I'm making Brian really uncomfortable right now. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who might do ultra marathons and, and run, running events, um, you might be familiar familiar with a race called the Shimra 100K. 100K. Yep, yeah. Um, when Brian ran that race, that uh, he finished third overall. I mean, which is... Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I mean, so... Um, other things like recently, uh, the Whiskey Basin 88K. Yep. That was very recent. Yeah. Uh, 19th overall. Buckles, too. <laughs> Buckles. Buckles. Yep. Oh, man. So if you, want, if you want Blair to come to your race, <laughs> better be offering Buckles. <laughs> or a whole lot of snow, it sounds like. Maybe that's <laughs> yeah, the alternative. Exactly. A whole lot of snow. So, so, yeah, Brian Blair, I mean, you were into fat bikes and and actually racing fat bikes before fat bikes were cool i guess so yeah i mean before they were hip yeah yeah exactly yeah. and using them for what they were intended yeah sweet so i guess all this to say is uh brian's legit <laughs> <laughs> he knows what's up i mean literally we've had world champions on our on yeah. our podcast um you know in top in the world and what they do um, and I, I would put Brian right up there. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> so, uh, just, just out of curiosity though, like, uh, you'd mentioned, you told me once the story about why you kind of got into running kind of to offset the day job a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Do something different. Um, yeah, I'm around bike stuff, both at work and at home kind of 24 hours a day and running is kind of something completely distinct and separate from that. Yeah, it seems to certainly, so every time I ride with you, it doesn't seem like you mountain bike that frequently, <laughs> and yet I'm always... I don't know how to take that. No, I mean, like, <laughs> like in a good... I don't know how to take that either. Much, do you? <laughs> no, no, every like, time I ride with you, I realize you don't ride much. No, but you, you ride, meaning, uh, <laughs> let me correct this. Uh, I think the amount of running that you do, you're really fast on a bike every time I go out and ride with you, and I'm... Makes me want to run more because I'm like, oh, that's the secret. Because Blair's not even, he's not even breathing hard and I'm dying here. So it's got to be the running. <laughs> it's got to be the running. <laughs> and I, I think I vaguely remember. So, so Brian and I uh, would do this road ride on Friday mornings. Um, man, we've been on and off for many years. Yeah. Sounds like a dating relationship. Like 10? 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, literally. Yeah. Uh, where we would meet up and. Man, we would meet up at like five fifteen in the morning. Yep. On Fridays, and then go out and do like a it's like a thirty two, thirty three mile loop, um, and then about I don't know three quarters of the way through with it, I would peel off and go to work, and Brian would peel off and also go to work. And um, I think when we first started doing this, you weren't running. Probably not. Yeah. And so I remember when you first started getting into running, I was like, oh, man, watch out for the running world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so last year I think I talked about it a little bit. Um, I We did Whitney on 4th of July, and yeah. Brian was nice enough to invite me with his open pass, and that was one of the coolest, hardest hikes I've ever done. Didn't seem to phase you much, but <laughs> no, it, was, it was awesome. Yeah, that's right. So we were talking about that. Yeah, we had shared about Whitney a little bit. And so Brian Blair was was the guy that took Nathan along and up the Mountaineers route, right? Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, no, we did not do the Mountaineers route. Yeah, we regular did the trail. Regular yeah. trail. Though there was enough snow navigating, sliding, glissading. Yeah. <laughs> that it was, I think it was 
rather mountaineerish. <laughs> the thousand foot vertical butt slide with the ice axe that I was probably peeling the REI price tag off of as we were <laughs> climbing into the <laughs> climbing into the chute. I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> what was that saying that you're saying? It was like as terror turned to joy and enjoyment or something like that <laughs> as you started down the glissade. Yeah, it was I think the first half I was pretty nervous and then started to get the hang of it and I was like, oh, okay, this is working. <laughs> we got this. And the distraction of so, like, this girl in front of us was a thru-hiker for the PCT, and she had a backpack full of her stuff, and somehow her backpack got away from her. Zipper came open, and the thing just yard-sailed all the way down oh, this chute. And so we were, like, collecting, like, her phone and her wallet and, like, <laughs> all her most critical things and, like, kicking them down the chute. <laughs> it was pretty fun. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was thinking, like, so on that trip, back we had a lot of time driving back now into 395 and brian told me a pretty cool cool story about his experience with surly bikes on the alaskan coast and i thought that might be a fun one to kick yeah. off to, to start off on so i'd say how did the idea of this this ride come about uh i was kind of a late addition to it but basically uh, a good friend of mine had been asked by Surly to kind of go along on a trip to get, uh, you know, a bunch of photo and video of a new bike they were bringing to the market. Right. And that was like the creamsicle or something or uh, Moonlander. The Moonlander. Okay. Yeah. It was kind of the first of the new, like super wide tired fat bikes. Right. Uh, at the time it was significantly wider than anything else. Um, and we needed, you know, we, they needed a group of three or four and I got invited along on this thing with not too much notice and, I kind of nervously asked for the time off and got it. and So it was going to be about, what, like five or six days? I think it was uh, the trip, in, the entire trip was, I think, 12. And I, th I think I was there for eight of them. Okay. Yeah, so I flew in a couple days into it. Okay. Um, I had just been to Alaska for the first time uh, earlier that year, and I guess it was January. Um kind of had my had my eyes open and then was back in august for this trip okay so there you were telling me about the the guy who they kind of tapped to have this idea like the the surly guy knew another guy yeah so uh so my friend dave at surly well no he's no longer there but uh yeah you know he was kind of spearheading the thing and then he had got my friend mike involved uh you know, to pick out a good route for this idea. Uh, and then another friend, Pete from Anchorage and myself. Okay. And so Pete was like the Alaska local. Pete was born and raised there. Uh, but Mike knows the land up there really well and okay. kind of dreamed up the route, uh, cause it seemed like a route that hadn't, hadn't really been done much on bikes or at all. And right. Uh, seemed to be kind of begging for it. So they, so they get this idea together. They they say, "Hey, do you want to be a part of it?" And they're like, "You're like, okay, well, I can do some of these days and not all of these days." So they're like, "Okay, you need to fly into XYZ town." Yeah, yeah. I wasn't really willing to take all the time off, so yeah, we came up. We devised this plan where they'd fly in, and they'd start the trip, um, and then I'd fly in a few days later to you know a point along the route and join them. Right. Um, With an assumed I travel. Rate yeah and all that yeah and you know I'm, I'm planning all this from a computer in southern california where it's you know 100 <laughs> degrees out and um yeah i was able to just go online and book a plane ticket into this what i presumed was like any other small village in alaska i presumed it would be the same thing i would just fly in there get dropped off like go to the one village store and sit around and wait and what was this place called uh it's called port hyden Okay. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Port Moeller. We wound up okay. in Port Hyden, Port Moeller. And so it took me, a, it was a total of five flights to get from Orange County to oh, Port Moeller. Man. Oh man. Uh, okay. So walk us through this. So you leave, you leave Orange County. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's Orange County, Portland or Seattle, Anchorage. And then it was Anchorage to a half an hour out of Anchorage and then turn around because of a plane problem. 
new plane. Oh, no. And the planes are getting progressively smaller. Yeah, yeah. they get smaller. <laughs> each one. Uh, Eventually, they switch over to props. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was Anchorage to King Salmon, and then King Salmon to Port Moeller. Uh, and that plane is like, uh, what do they call it? Anyways, it's tiny. It's like a bush plane. <laughs> and, you know, through all these, I'm like dragging a bike box around and like just trying to keep all my shit together. And a, and a pack raft, right? Yeah. And a boat uh, and okay. a paddle, everything else that goes along with it. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, so I guess, yeah, to give a little pretense that part of this trip is riding these fat bikes along the coast, but there's water, a lot of water to to yeah. navigate There's bays and river mouths and right swamps yeah okay uh so anyways a lot, I finally, of, lot of gear in little planes yeah uh so i finally get dropped off there and it's not what i had imagined like it's a gravel it's a gravel airstrip in the middle of nowhere and right. there is there is no sign of humanity anywhere um <laughs> in the middle and, of alaska yeah <laughs> And so, the, you know, the pilot, there's nobody else on this flight. It's just me. And the closer I got to Port Moeller, like every plane I'd get on, I kept getting asked, like, why are you going there? Do they know you're coming? Like, what's, what are you doing there? <laughs> and it was like, the way it was asked was just awkward. Like, why? why, why? Like, are you going, going there? there. To- uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, you don't get on a plane and go, like, I'm going to Phoenix. Do they know you're coming? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And this, the last flight in particular, the guy had asked me several times, do they know you're coming? Like, what, what's your plan there? And I was like, well, my plan doesn't involve there. My plan involves getting out, getting there and getting out of there. And uh, So anyways, we land, there's nothing there, and my friends that I'm meeting up with aren't there, and the pilot's kind of reluctant to leave me there, and I'm, you know, it's like, oh, I'm fine, I'll, they'll be here. They're probably just around the corner. And So literally just a dirt gravel airstrip, yeah. and you're standing on the side with your box and your bags, yeah. and you're like, Bye. Yeah. Yeah. There was like a lo- there was like a shack, like a three walled shack that said like Port Moeller International Airport. Awesome. <laughs> I still have a picture of it. And uh, so, yeah, he flew away and he's like, all right, well, you know, I'll be back here next Tuesday. So if, if, you you're, know, still if you're still here. here, I can pick you up. <laughs> so I hope I'm not still here. <laughs> so he flies away and I'm there I am. Uh, and I had myself convinced that like they were going to roll up any minute. So I like, hurriedly built up my bike and like got everything packed and unboxed and then i just sat and I, <laughs> like i sat around all afternoon just waiting oh and i should yeah, i should have mentioned that like at this point flights had gone so poorly that i was like a half day later than we thought i would get there so they may. Oh, okay. so you're when, when i get there and they're not there i'm like part of me is like they came and they got sick of waiting and they left right and and it's right along the coast. So I walked out and like, we'd be riding on the beach. So I walked out to the beach, looked around, there was no bike tire track. So they obviously hadn't left. So I had all my stuff built up and I just sat around and waited. Um, and yeah, some of yeah, some backstory here, like the way we split up all the gear, like my shelter and my rain jacket were with them. <laughs> and of so course. Like it's oh, starting to rain and it's starting to get dark. Oh, actually, no, let me rewind a bit here. Uh, and, you know, shortly after the plane left, this truck rolls up and it's like kind of a company company vehicle type of thing. This guy gets out and he's in like a head to toe, like blue jumpsuit. And he looks just like Dwight from the office, like <laughs> spitting image. And like he is furious that I'm there. And... His anger revolves around that the it's not a village. It's not just a public place. The whole landscape, everything belongs to this fish processing company. Okay. And that no one is allowed to be there. And that when the manager finds out that I'm there, he's going to be furious and like hell to pay. <laughs> and, you know, that I should just get out of there as quick as I could. But whatever I did, don't come Back. I think it was like south. Don't head south into the base. Like whatever you do, right? It's like okay, and he just kept repeating the same shit over and over and over again, right? And I just wanted him to leave. It was just like, got it, dude. I, you won't see me again. I promise. Yeah. And then before he leaves, he's like, reiterates it again. Don't come down there. But if you have to, don't go through the dump because it's just full of bears. Just like okay. <laughs> I just wanted him to leave. So he finally leaves, 
Um, I'm just sitting around waiting. It starts getting dark. And these are rain. Al- Alaska bears and hope you all yeah. presume you're not packing. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other question you get asked a million times up there. Like when someone finds out you're out somewhere with a bike, like, oh, what kind of gun are you carrying? <laughs> um, Why aren't you carrying a so gun? So it's starting to rain <laughs> and it's like becoming apparent that I should probably think about where I'm going to sleep for the night. So I'm just wandering around. I'm like wandering around looking for somewhere dry to sleep. And I find like the remains of a truck and it was pretty much like just the cab and it still had a bench seat in it. So I climb into that thing and I like spent the night in it and got like a pretty decent night of sleep and like woke up in the morning, the windows, it actually had windows, which was awesome. Uh, the windows were all fogged over and I like brushed off the windshield and looked outside and it was still like drizzly, super foggy. And there's like a full size wolf, like just cruising by like 10, <laughs> oh, 10 15 gosh. feet away, like just walking by in the morning. Yeah. It's a kind of, you know, it was reality it, check. Yeah. It reinforced <laughs> like this was a pretty unusual situation that I'd stumbled into. Right. Um, so I finally just decided I'm going, I'm just going to ride into this like town and see what's going on. So yeah, I rode through the dump and it was completely full of bears. <laughs> you rode right through the dump. Yeah. And the, the, you know, the, the place was pretty compact. Like all the buildings were in one little area. And I just figured I'm just going to go up to the first person I see and ask him where this manager Mark is. And just, Oh, right. Like, it's go, Mark. Yeah, right? Don't go, piss I'm going to go Mark. straight to Mark and just <laughs> Don't see what's piss up. Off Mark. Right. Uh, so I did, I just walked up to the first fisherman I saw and was like, Hey, where's Mark's office? And <laughs> he kind of reluctantly pointed me in a direction and I went there and I asked the next person and, uh, I finally got to like Mark's secretary and she's like, well, he's upstairs in his office. Can I tell him who's here? And I'm like, you won't know me, but, uh, yeah, Brian. Okay. <laughs> so she sends me up there and, and I'm, I'm like just totally prepared to get like told who's boss here. And I walk in and he's like, you know, what can I do for you? And I tell him, you know, the whole story of why I'm there. And he was just like, wow, yeah, that's great. You know, so, <laughs> you know, you know where, do you, where do you think your friends are? How far out are they? Blah, 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 blah. Do you need anything? Do you need something to eat? And <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, like just completely off guard. And I was like, well, you know, they have a spot tracker. So if you have a computer I can use, I can figure out where they are and probably like get out of here, your hair even sooner. And he's like, yeah, sure. So he sets me up on a computer and I check the spot tracker and they're like, they were like four or five miles out on the beach in the other direction. So rode out and got them. Um, yeah, they were like kind of short on food and they'd been wet for days. So we, you know, came back to the, all the buildings and started asking around if there was somewhere where we could stay. And the whole time the white character is like just kind of stalking us, like following <laughs> us around and like he can kind of tell what we're up to that we're like, we're not leaving soon. And we're thinking about staying there and like, he's livid. But like everybody else is cool. Yeah. And they wind up like, they wind up putting us up for dinner. Like we have this big, great dinner. They had loads of cookies. <laughs> uh, and then we like, we started asking where we could stay. And it was like half the people that you would ask, it was like, as soon as you mentioned that you wanted somewhere to stay, they just like acted like they didn't hear you and just disappeared. Like <laughs> it was like this weird taboo oh, question. Man. They were just like, <laughs> it was just walked off screen and like we finally just went back to mark and he's like oh yeah sure like and we wound up like getting put up in this room indoors uh for the night and then anyways we got out of there in the morning and uh just had a rad time like perfect weather after that like it didn't really rain much which is really rare for that part of alaska and um yeah like really good beach riding very little walking for most of it, which is also rare. Um, so a little about the bike setup, you guys, cause I've, you've shown me the video of this that they, they yeah. put together the unpublished yeah. video. Um, and tell us a little bit about the, the bikes, how you guys are setting up the bikes. It's kind of a unique setup. So they were all set up uh, single speed or maybe like, you know, two chain rings and two cogs to switch between. Okay. Um, I think all of us, but Pete had no brakes. Uh, I think Pete had a rear brake. Um, cause you're just, just, it's just flat on the beach. It's pretty much sand. Just flat. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was actually one downhill on this trip that like, it was a shame to not be able to like <laughs> really get after it. But, yeah. um, so yeah, they're fat bikes with as big of a tire as you could get on there. Uh, single speed, 
like almost and, like a one-to-one right like a really low yeah i think i i can't remember what i had on there but it was yeah really low for riding sand yeah um and then yeah the boats strapped into the bars uh and then you know regular seat revelate seat bag frame bag uh and then like a pretty good sized backpack um, okay with you know pfd your paddle everything else so right. what do these rafts look like and and kind of could you maybe ex- expand on that a little bit uh so these are they're alpaca rafts is the manufacturer they're the ones that we were using on that trip are like a five pound raft that rolls up to like the size of a sleeping bag basically okay um and they strap up under your bars and you can inflate them in you know like four or five minutes you can go from right you know riding the bike to paddling with the bike on the bow of the boat in like 10 minutes oh wow and how do you i, I I'd ask you before, how do you inflate these? Because you don't, it's not like a pump or CO2 or something like that. It's No, it's like an enormous uh, nylon bag that threads onto the boat and you basically like kind of flick it until it fills with air and then squeeze all that air into the boat. Okay. And do that over and over again until it's full. <laughs> nice. It, yeah. So it sounds like it goes it's surprisingly ingenious. quick. It goes pretty quick when you, once you kind of figure out the nuances of it. Right. And one of the things you, you told me about was um, you actually, you're using flat pedals because it's mucky and nasty, right? Mm-hmm. But you guys take them on and off when you're hiking and and paddling, right? So that yeah, yeah, like extended paddles, we'd pull them off. Or if you're gonna be walking for a long time, you pull them off just so you're not running your legs into them. Yeah, over and over again. And sound like one of the tricks was you guys had red and blue anodized pedals, and you all yeah. mixed them up. So yeah, that you... so you could quickly tell which side is right and left. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. And so you guys basically just... Pro tip. <laughs> Pro tip. Nice. <laughs> Pro tip when you're in the middle of nowhere in Alaska. <laughs> so you guys are going along this, along the beach, along these like waterways and all sorts of stuff, right? I remember there's one where there's like this river mouth and quite a few bears. Yeah. There's kind of like this decision point. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've taken to calling this the tense bear river incident. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is called, it is on the map as Bear River. Oh, jeez. Uh, like, we probably should have taken note. Uh, <laughs> In places like this, take note but, of But, you know, you get, you get a little numb to it after a few days out there because, you know, they are kind of everywhere. And, right. Um, and, you know, for the most part, they don't really want much to do with you. And, um, yeah, we'd grown a little numb to it. Um, but, yeah, we got to that particular river mouth and... Uh, kind of quickly realized we were in this scenario where we couldn't really move in any direction. Like there was bears behind us. There was bears like in every direction. And there was bears on the opposite bank to where we didn't really have anywhere to go. Um, so it was a little tense for, <laughs> you know, 10 minutes or so. And we, yeah. we kind of, we decided on the scenario where one of us would like kind of play sentry and like keep track of all of them and like just yell out like who was moving where. While yeah. the rest of us like took apart bikes and boats and yeah, our shit together and yeah, it all worked out. But it was, yeah, <laughs> a, a tense, yeah, a tense moment. Anyway, surrounded by grizzly bears. Yeah, on all well, sides. The, yeah, the comedy of this is like, you know, you see these glass fishing balls. Um, right, like, they're like fishing floats that have they like hold know, up the nets, right? Yeah, they've been adrift at sea for. I don't know, 80 years now or something. And, but it's interesting that they all collect, they collect yeah, in this area. They wash up on this particular coastline in Alaska. And I like, I, I wanted nothing more on this trip than to come home with one. And we had seen none the whole trip. And so we're like in the thick of the tense bear river incident. <laughs> and I see one that's like 20 <laughs> feet away, like down in this ravine. It's like even closer to a bear, but it was just like, Oh, dude, I, I'll just go grab it. Like, just go grab <laughs> oh, it. Man. And anyways, we didn't. I got yeah. I got the ball later. But. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. And so what is the ocean like in this? I mean, middle of nowhere, it's not balmy, 75 degree, 80 degree water. No, it was like we had, you know, like 70s every day. Oh, um, wow. Oh, uh, water temp. Uh, I never really got in it. Uh best you can do to stay out of it right yeah yeah <laughs> so that's kind of an interesting thing too is that nowhere to go and then you've got to paddle out to sea and then paddle back down where you're kind of safe or after the river yeah yeah 
<laughs> and then there so were, how far out are you actually paddling to get away from the current of the river mouth before you start oh you, you we pretty much just cross them like straight across oh okay, okay yeah okay. nice yeah and then i i remember there was you passed like this walrus mating beach yeah yeah that was totally <laughs> awesome unexpected um yeah we knew nothing about this and then we, when we were in port moeller one of the fishermen was like oh yeah you'll you'll get to see all the walrus at, uh, what's it called? Cape Sinaivan. And we're like, what? And <laughs> he tells us about it and he's like, yeah, there's thousands of them there. And we're like, okay. And he's like, yeah, you'll want to get up onto the cliffs before you get there. So you, otherwise you won't be able to get past all of them. Cause they're like wall to wall from the water to the cliffs. Right. We're like, okay, what's a good landmark to know? Like when we're, when we should move up onto the cliffs from the beach. And he's like, yeah, you'll smell them. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, and sure enough, we were like a mile out. And it was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is we're that, there. So, is so that wal- you, Brian? <laughs> no. <laughs> so walrus is pretty stinky. Yeah. But it was, it was super cool. There was like, I don't, I don't really know how to quantify it. Thousands, thousands? of them? Yeah. Just, just body to body. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, and the water is just like boiling with walruses everywhere. What? Oh my god! Yeah, cool. Or walry, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Multiple walruses. <laughs> Walrus? Is it like deer? <laughs> you know, I mean, nice. That is awesome. And so, like at night, you guys just like collect driftwood and like make big old yeah. beach bonfires and stuff. We had we had like amazing fires every night that trip. Um, and it's August, so it doesn't get dark until super late. Oh um, yeah, that's right. And that's, uh, like I, like I was saying earlier, like everything from everywhere seems to wash up on that coastline. Uh, so like, you know, there's a handful of nights where we found like full pallets that have fallen off of fishing vessels and had like pallet fires on the beach. Oh, oh my nice. God. Yeah. It was pretty great. And like this whole trip, when you, by the time you leave this, the, the fishing, the food processing village, do you see anybody until you got to the end town? No. Not a single person for no, we had almost, a, what, seven days out there? Yeah, seven or eight. Uh, we had a bush plane fly over one day and, like, kind of banked back and took a second look at us. But that was that was it. Wow. How do not you even tell like, them? Not even, like, a sign of, not even, like, a footprint or anything. Yeah. Just absent. So was there any kind of plan if anything went south? The spot tracker, I guess, you guys had? Back then, I'm trying to think of what we had. I think we had a spot tracker. Um satellite phone we did not have a sat phone i think all we had was a spot tracker yeah wow so kind of if someone gets mauled by a bear you're kind of like all right yeah hang out for four two weeks because it's going to take us seven days to get somewhere (laughs) wow and and were you guys gps navigating this or map or maps yeah and it's pretty you know it's pretty straightforward navigation it's follow the coast and follow the coast where you're going and when you have a, a fat bike and a and a pack raft, you can virtually navigate anything. Yeah. 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 And so I remember there was one point you guys got to this like marsh mud strip where it was just like, you couldn't decide. It was yeah. like ride, walk, push, paddle. Yeah. yeah. So we had, you know, like the whole trip was just like perfect weather and like everything went like way better than you can ever expect things to go up there. And, uh, we were, you know, as the crow flies, I think we were, like three or four miles from our end point. Uh, but we were out on this spit and between us and the end point was this huge, like the mouth of this huge bay. And on a map, it looked like every map that we had looked at, it looked like it was about a mile and a half across, uh, which is a little ways in, in like a tiny boat. With um, a bike. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when we got there, it was like really obvious that it was more like three or four. Mm. Um, and it was like, just like blowing super hard, raining, and it was, there was just no way this was happening. Like there was no possible way. Like we stood there, kind of staring, like willing it closer. Across. <laughs> uh, and then we start like we had this idea, like let's just throw stuff in the water and see what it does. Like if we're gonna get in there, like let's Got throw it. sticks in there and see where they go. And it was like you'd throw a stick in there, and it was like that thing's not gonna hit land until. Russia, <laughs> um, and so we, anyways, we we uh, what did we do? We were gonna just bivy there and wait and f- wait for it to get better, 
but like it was so shitty out there that we couldn't even get our tent up. Like we stood there struggling with this tent for like probably the better part of an hour until we finally just said, okay, like let's just turn around and ride back like a couple miles to where it was better. So we did that. And I think we, yeah, I think we camped a couple miles back and then went back out to the spit in the morning, like hoping it was better and it was no better. <laughs> uh, so we finally just came to the realization that we were just going to have to work our way all the way around this bay, uh, which was basically like uh, ankle to knee deep, like muck and like swampland. Right. For like the better part of 24 hours. <laughs> oh and, like, my God. and you, you like, you couldn't, there, like, there was no way you could ride, but you also couldn't paddle. Uh, right. So it was like three inches of water above mud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Heaven for ducks, basically. <laughs> oh, heaven uh, for ducks. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, we pushed, like, we just walked in it all day. And, you know, you, like, you try different things. Like, we'd, you know, sometimes there was enough water that, like, you'd pile everything and your bike on the boat and then, like, tie the boat to your waist and pull it like a sled. Oh, man. And right, that would man. stop working. So you'd try rolling the bike and carrying the boat. So we did that all day. Uh, and it was, like, <laughs> you know, it was nightfall. And so we just found, like, the driest spot we could find, which which wasn't dry at all. <laughs> and we, we spent, like, an hour, like, just pulling up grass and throwing it in a pile until we had, like sort of a semblance of a dry area and then we just put our boats on it and slept i think on we slept boats. on the boats with the tent over all that oh wow and then the next day we got up and had another slog uh, fest yeah another like four or five hours of it and then we were like just after all that like we literally just like stepped out of the mud onto like a gravel road and rolled into town like un <laughs> unimpeded <laughs> wow yeah. oh my gosh it was awesome how, so, what kind of pace were you like? Uh, we were probably maybe like twenty miles a day, thirty oh, at the most. No, I mean like this last. Oh slog, man! It was oh, like it was probably like feet per hour. Yeah, <laughs> miles per day. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I think it took us. It was probably like six miles, and it took us like a day. Oh my god! Oh wow! That's the best amazing. part that like we still laugh about is that we. You know, there's one little village store in this place, and like we just couldn't wait to get there, like real hot food, et cetera. And we were, we weren't inside of it. We were probably like a mile from it on this gravel road, just like, you know, spinning our one to one gears downhill <laughs> on this road and to stoke to get there. And it's starting to rain, and Pete's tire goes flat. And like no one said anything as, as he stopped to fix it. There wasn't even a discussion. Everyone just kind of looked at him and was like, Sorry, dude. And we just roll. We just rolled on in town. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, that's oh, funny. Man. So, yeah. and there's kind of a saga in this end town too, right? So the end. Uh, the best part of this whole story, in my mind, is so we get there, and you know, in most of these places, like everyone in the town knows you're there the moment that you're there because there's nothing else happening. Like, right. They haven't seen anyone other than each other for months. So it's just like, <laughs> ah. so yeah, we've met everyone in the town. It seemed like and <laughs> we're asking around for a place to stay. And, um, we People get put up at the schoolhouse, which is like, it's kind of the normal thing there. And, uh, quickly, like everyone had to come visit us at the schoolhouse and, <laughs> I'm not sure exactly. Actually, it started when we were in the store. A guy walked in, you know, like a guy who'd lived there his whole life walked in and saw all of our bikes and was just, just kind of flippantly said, like, how much are these bikes? And Mike just off the cuff said, oh, you can have it for 500 bucks. And that was kind of the end of the conversation. And so we're at the schoolhouse later that night and that guy shows up and like had taken him serious and was like, I'm going to, I'm going to get that bike from you. <laughs> and. Anyways, like we, <laughs> oh, he couldn't sell his cause it had like some prototype tires or something on it. And then he kind of went around the group, like how much for that one? How much for that one? And, and those uh, were all Surly's, but you had your own. Uh, I think, yeah, Mike and Dave were both on Surly's. Pete was on a fat back. Uh, I was on a fat back as well. And I was the only one that didn't have some sort of like brand <laughs> obligation to hold on to this thing. Right. So I'm doing the mental math of like, how much do I have in that bike? How much is it going to cost to ship it home? 
how much how hard Effort. is it going to be to <laughs> refurbish this thing right it's covered in salt yeah. water <laughs> no it's been underwater for a week and yeah and so i just finally threw out like oh, i can sell mine how much a oh, thousand bucks and i thought for sure that was the absolute dead end of this conversation yeah and he just said okay i'll be back in a little bit with cash ah. and i thought oh, yeah i'll probably never see him again and and yeah, 30 minutes or so, we hear a four-wheeler coming back. And he came back with like 10 hundreds. And yeah, I was just t- like totally thrilled and taken aback. He gives me the money. And I'm like, you know, wanting to like walk him through how it works, like walk him through the oddity of it. Like, there's a one-to-one. No yeah, like it has this weird chain tensioner on it. It doesn't have brakes. Like, yeah. you know, here's a tube and a pump. Here's how they work. And before I could get any of that out, he just like picked the thing up and like threw it like, threw it into the basket in the back of his four-wheeler like no cyclist would ever treat yeah. a bike and then just drove off and like, that was cool thanks yeah, that was the end of it yeah and <laughs> no then, you don't travel with a bike well no it, it got better like, <laughs> once once word was out that things were for sale I up, like, <laughs> oh my god i wound up uh anyways i wound up flying home with a backpack <laughs> with, my, with some of my clothes in it and that was it not all of your clothes <laughs> no like i had sold the clothes a paddle, like a PF. I sold everything. The pack raft. I think I, uh, I think I brought the boat home, but I sold the paddle, PFD, everything else that went along with it. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and you guys, so there, you guys were killing some time in this town too, yeah. right? Because the the flight. Yeah, yeah. We we had missed our original flight, obviously, and so they, you know they put us on the next day, and then when that flight showed up, it had. It was full. Like, it was just completely full, and we're just standing there. And, you know, this isn't like you don't get a text message on your phone that the flight's full. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're out there standing there waiting. And, right. Um, so we're standing there waiting, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's full. And I'm like, I really need to get back to work at this point. And right. You're so pushing. we, like, yeah, so that one left. And then there was, like, I think the next one, yeah, the next one was the next day, I think. And it shows up. And they're like, yeah, it's full. I mean, there's one seat if you don't mind a dog in your lap. She's <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I have a backpack. Yeah. So I left that day with a dog in my lap. <laughs> and then the, everyone else stayed for another day or two. And a backpack. Yeah. Just waiting for the plane to have open yeah. seats. It's like the bus. Yeah. You're like oh, waiting oh, for the bus man. to go by. <laughs> I don't know why I remember this, but I got to I got to Anchorage and like was so bothered by how much mud was in my shoes. Like I had washed them like in a shower in that village and like could not get the mud out of them. It was just like concrete under the insoles. Yeah. And I just couldn't take another minute of it. So when I got to Anchorage, I just threw them away and flew the whole West of the way home. Barefoot. Barefoot. (laughs) Um, And I remember, yeah, it was, this is, I like to end trips this way. I got to John Wayne airport, Orange County and went straight to the shop after not showering for like 10 days with no shoes and like changed clothes in my car in the parking lot and just clocked in. And <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> that is awesome. And went about buying. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh man. And lo and behold, Sanjay flew in from India. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty awesome, man. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good and, trip. And it sounds like with a couple grand in your pocket from sold stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You might have paid for the trip. I think I, I think I nearly did, but I wound up buying a new fatback a couple, right. a couple weeks later. So it, was one of the guys on the trip the guy they call Fuzzy? No. Oh, okay, not not that fastback guy. Uh, same same company that Fuzzy used to work for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I thought I might have met that guy at uh, the Trans Cascadia race, or I met Fuzzy, but yeah. I thought yeah. it's not the guy on this trip. Yeah, he worked for Fatback for a good little while. Good dude. Hey, Fuzzy, wherever you are. <laughs> the the most amazing, one of the, I mean, that trip is amazing, and I remember us talking about it. And what's what's really cool about Brian as you get to know him is I think we probably talked about this before you were taking off, and you're like, yeah, I, I can't make next week's ride because I'm, I'm going to <laughs> I ride. I got this thing in Alaska. <laughs> Cool, man. So, <laughs> you know. no, no function. So, as you're up there and you're waiting for this plane, you may get stuck there. You can't like call work, like no cell phones or. No. Okay, so you didn't even yeah. take. Do you even take a cell phone? I do nowadays, um, just because I, I use it for other stuff besides 
being a phone. Right. Uh, I don't think I took a phone at all on that trip. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I think I just left it at home. Did they have like landlines in, in the town? They do, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Sort of maybe not totally worth using. Yeah, probably not. I think we just used, I think we got on the computer there and like we were able to send some emails about where we were and yeah. why we were late and nice. Whatnot. But we, you know, we were only a day or a couple of days late. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. And, and the kick of this was this was a marketing effort for Surly. Yeah. The, <laughs> like kind of the funny part about it was that, yeah, this was, it was meant to be, um, like yeah, con- it was meant content. For the launch of this bike and, um, you know, years went by and I'm not even sure if they still make that bike and the video has still never been used. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> they never used the no. content. Oh my and God. Surly, and Surly fun, like they funded the thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing some video of it. You guys were like, playing soccer in this yeah. in this school you were like in the gymnasium yeah. basically right yeah we slept in the gym <laughs> played soccer with the kids yeah yeah oh that's amazing how many kids do you think or how many people do you think were in this town i don't know i'd hesitate to guess um and there's a lot of seasonal work in that area too like uh like super fun site cleanups and stuff so I think oh. there's like people that come and go okay yeah like like the ads that you would find in the college newspapers yeah <laughs> come make <laughs> right yeah thousands of dollars a month yeah that's awesome now is this the only time you've been to alaska in the summer yes yeah that's the only time i've been up there in the summer okay so the other times you go up to race fat bikes in alaska in the winter yep <laughs> so this was just a cushy trip honestly like i I thought that trip was gonna be a lot harder and much more yeah much more of a struggle and much more miserable than it was it felt it felt like a vacation (laughs) it was awesome (laughs) (laughs) it was just an alaska beach trip what were the temperatures like daytime temperatures and things like that oh you were saying like that was great yeah it was like 70s minus the rainy windy muddy day yeah just but like if you if you only have one day like that out of ten or so on that coastline, like you won. Oh wow. Yeah. And so, you had the majority of the time. Yeah. So this is on the southern coast of Alaska, essentially, right? Uh so this is on the that trip was on kind of the I guess that's like the western edge of the Alaskan Peninsula. Okay. So you're like kind of looking towards Russia. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. When when Sarah Palin talks about like foreign relations looking out her window, you know, that might be (laughs) right by Sarah Palin's house. Yeah. Right there. (laughs) Or not. That's awesome. Anyway, that was, that's one of my, that was one of my favorite. Yeah. It's one of my favorite memories. It was pretty good. Yeah. I was, I was sort of new at, uh, you know, longer, like longer self supported trips in the middle of nowhere at that point. Yeah. And so it was, you know, it was a kind of a watershed trip for me, I guess you'd say. Yeah. There's a, so Brian also gives me quite a few cool travel tips and, um, I, I think he works out all sorts of tricks for traveling and including realizing you don't actually need an ID to travel <laughs> at some point. That happened once. I got away <laughs> with it once. Yeah. <laughs> You like lost your wallet right yeah. before a trip? Yeah, I was. Uh, well, that's a whole separate story. But yeah, my wallet went missing. And, you know, I was like deep in the process of canceling all my credit cards, driver's licenses, everything else. And it never even occurred to me that like I'm flying tomorrow. And yeah, I spent the whole day like taking care of all this. And the next day got up and was like, oh, yeah, I have to board a plane today. And I don't have any of that stuff. <laughs> And I mean, I had nothing because my whole wallet was gone. So it wasn't like I had anything with my name on it. And <laughs> I, I, just, I had no idea what to do. And so I just went to the airport. Like, because I, I presumed, like, this has to happen sometime. Like, you fly yeah. somewhere and your wallet gets stolen. Yeah. And so that's what I did. And like, I stood in the security line when I got to the ID person. It's just like, wallet got stolen, got nothing. They're like, do you have, you know, a passport, a credit card? I'm like, it was all in my wallet. I got nothing. Yeah. 
and you wind up just kind of staring at each other for a while. And then, <laughs> like she, you know, she called her boss and he came out and I told him the same thing. And he kind of stands there looking at me for a while, looking at my ticket. And they finally just kind of shrug their shoulders and we're just like, okay. <laughs> and I flew like from Orange County to the East Coast, a couple different short flights in the East Coast and home. And every time it was the same, same thing. Same ordeal. Yeah. They're like, Huh. Yeah, All I right. mean, this was like you know, it was probably nine years ago. I don't know if this, I don't know if this flies anymore, but yeah, it was, was pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. sweet. Holy moly! Yeah, there. So, um, there's one other travel tip that I think I don't know. Maybe our California listeners might really enjoy, and this is one that I've been wanting to try. Is uh, so we live obviously in Southern California. And one of the cool places to go in the spring and the fall is Sedona. And uh, there's a way this could happen with a train. Yeah. So yeah how 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 would this work? We we kind of theorized about this. Or have you you've actually done it, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You can ride. I mean, you can ride from where we live to Fullerton. Right. You can board the Amtrak in Fullerton. Uh, you get off in Flagstaff, and it's like a fifty-mile, pretty sweet ride down to Sedona. Nice, and it's a, and I think we looked at it once the ske- the train schedule. So if you ever want to do this on a weekend, the theory is you jump on Friday night. Yep, it leaves it, leaves Fullerton Friday night at like seven p.m. and it gets to Flag at like four or five a.m. Right, so you just sleep on the train, and you can take your bike on. Yep. And then if you keep all your stuff in a backpack, you just jump on the Flag, and then jump ride down the hill into Sedona. Yeah. And then maybe you'd have to like Uber back to the to uh, the train station in Flagstaff, right? Because it's mostly downhill from Flagstaff to Sedona. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of trending downhill. Um, when we did it, we we rode down to Sedona, and then uh, it's called the Coconino Loop, uh, and then you ride over to was that Cottonwood, and then up to Williams and back to Flags. You make a loop out of it. Oh um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you could easily just ride down, ride in Sedona for a couple of days, and then ride back up to Flag. Or you could stay at an RV park in Sedona. You could, you could. <laughs> Do you, you I'll, could I'll, stay at a place with a weird theater in the garage. In oh, <laughs> oh Because this threesome that is talking right now yeah. stay at the, at the magician's theater. Oh gosh! And I think did we were we doing the podcast when we? I think I, we did share that story. We did, and and Ock was the one who reserved that place. Yeah, yeah. So you know, this was with the garage. I mean, yeah. How so can it go wrong? This was maybe a year or two ago, and we all two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago. Two years ago. So this must have been early on when we started the show. But we all went riding in Sedona, and yeah. Ock booked an Airbnb or VRBO or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, renting someone's house, and it was like it was. Three or four bedrooms, and it was yeah, a reasonable it was a, price. It had a garage. Had a garage. It's like awesome for bikes. <laughs> and we got there at like three two a.m. Yeah, yeah three two in the morning. And uh, yeah, we opened the garage door, and like we didn't right turn on the lights, and we're like, man, we kind of vaguely see all these like chairs, and like what's going on? We yeah. click on the light. It's with the red velvet. Yeah, there's like this whole like magic stage and this like life size zombie like magician statue wearing thing. a tuxedo, tuxedo and a top hat, <laughs> complete with the top hat, ten yeah. gallon hat. You know what I mean? Like it's a uh, if if anybody's interested, you follow me on Instagram. There's a picture buried in there from a couple of years ago, but <laughs> oh, it was man, it was, was pretty <laughs> epic. I'm sure there's one on your Instagram oh, yeah. too. It was that was Instagram gold. Oh, I mean, that, it was amazing. I think we all got like photos with the magician too. <laughs> like we all had to like take turns because we had taken off kind of late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, we from Orange County. Yeah, because we had to wait for you had to get off work, yeah. and so we left at like eight p.m. And so yeah, it was that was brutal. I mean, that was a fantastic drive and a fantastic trip. I mean, you can just I mean, th- oh, it was hilarious. That that, that was, was just the cherry on top. Yeah, I mean, stopping in in. 29 palms and the casinos out there i mean it's that was the first time i had actually driven to sedona oh yeah yeah it was it was pretty fun we were pretty packed in your truck too yeah i think, I think we, we were like five five yeah, we, in a pickup truck yeah so <laughs> three across the back in the bench seat yep and then we listened to credence the whole way home because i got a cd at the thrift store <laughs> <laughs> that's right that was awesome <laughs> But that was, I mean, I, I think I was the last one to see the magician. 
the zombie magician. And I was like, I just, I'm pretty tired. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> roll my bike in there. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. that was, that was pretty gnarly. So there, I, I guess we probably don't have time for the whole story, but you were talking about riding the Coconino trail and, uh, with Jake who used to work at the shop. And so you guys did a bike packing trip when we were talking about, uh, dropping off in Flagstaff and doing this loop. Yeah. But I guess, okay, you do the trip, we fast forward, and you're stuck outside of Flagstaff, and you guys don't feel like driving back. Yeah. <laughs> so there, you were supposed to do this loop that goes out like from Flagstaff down to Sedona, goes west, loops back east, back into Flagstaff. Yeah. And so you guys get essentially to a little town on the 40. Williams, yeah. Williams. Okay, and you guys got to figure a way back to Flagstaff. You're hunting for the Merle hamburger story. Yes, I am. (laughs) Uh, I hope Jake listens to this. Hey, Sunshine, Uh, if you're out there. (laughs) So, yeah, Jake Nelson and I, we get into Williams, and yeah, it it was raining, and Jake's bike had been having some problems for a couple days, and we're pretty road weary at this point. We like ordered a few beers and burgers and <laughs> things are, you know, things are going well, but we've got like, you know, it's midday. We need to be on the train or I need to be on the train the next day, like early evening. And you know, it's like, there's 60 miles between us and the train, I think. And like legitimate miles. Yeah. And it's raining and Jake's bike is barely shifting. And, uh, we just casually asked at the bar, like, is there a service that like takes people from here to flag like a taxi type of thing? And the guy's like, Oh yeah, sure. You know, a local guy has got a minivan, blah, 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 blah. We're like, Oh, okay. And you know, we figured like, I will finish our beers and think this over some more. And yeah, you know, like a, you know, five minutes goes by or so. And then the guy comes over and he's like, yeah, I just talked to the guy. He's on his way over. (laughs) Decision made. Jake and I were just like, ah, you know what? All right, cool. Like this is a good, good place to call it. Yeah. So the dude shows up and he's driving this minivan and he's like, I'm going to say he's five foot tall at best right around. (laughs) We're in that neighborhood anyways. And he's like just real stocky and like real handshaker, heavy handshaker type. (laughs) And yeah, first things first, we get in there and he's, you know, he's got room in the back for bikes and everything. We hop in and, Jake notices his cab sticker, like his name badge on the dash, and his name's Merle Hamburger. (laughs) And, like, Jake just casually asks him, like, hamburger, huh? Like, that that was all it took. And then it just, like, spun him on, like, this 40-minute, I don't even know what to call it, diatribe, uh, all the way to Flagstaff. Um, Yeah. Hamburger. yeah, we, he he was cash only, so we needed to find an ATM in Williams. Oh, right. And I think there must have been like some loyalty with the ATM owners because we probably drove past like eight of them <laughs> in, order, in order for him to take us to this one particular mini mart that had an ATM. And he was so, en- oh, I don't know why I remember this detail. He was so engrossed in the story that he was telling us, which the story was just about how heavy the seats were in his van that he just had to take out for our bikes. He was so into telling us about how involved it was to get the seats out of the van that he followed us into the mini Mart <laughs> to, to keep telling us the story while we were getting money out of the ATM. Um, which, yeah, it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> so we start driving. Hamburger. We got on I-40. And if you've ever driven this stretch of I-40, there's a big billboard for a place called Barizona <laughs> and it's like a, uh, a drive through wild animal park that has a bunch of bears. Right. And I've always been curious, like, how does it work? You know, like, yeah. Are they loose? Like, <laughs> like are they going to get on your hood? Like, they do, like they do in the great outdoors. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so anyways, we drove past it and I don't know if it was me or Jake asked him like, Hey, have you ever been to Barizona? And, it was like, it just stopped. Everything stopped. And he like kind of looked over at us and was like, Arizona, that was my idea. <laughs> then he went into like this whole thing about how, you know, he had, he had been planning Arizona forever. And then one day this like, you know, rich out of towner came into town and he was giving him a ride somewhere with his taxi service. And he mentioned his dream, his Arizona plan to this guy. 
and I'll be damned. A year <laughs> later, that guy came back, bought the land, and some bears, apparently. Started <laughs> Arizona. Uh, but it, anyways, the whole drive was just filled with like, anyway, just nonsense. Like the craziest shit you've ever heard. He has a hound dog that's trained to hunt mountain lions. It breaks their legs first. Like it was just completely ridiculous. Like, Jake and I were just speechless the whole drive. And it, it never occurred to me until like two minutes from the train station. Like, I have a phone. I could be recording this. So I got like the last two minutes of it. Oh, uh, man. But, yeah. yeah, it was great. <laughs> oh, awesome. man. Yeah. I think you were telling me too, like, he get going and Jake just kicked him. Like, oh, yeah. Every so yeah, just often. like, yeah. <laughs> just a little to, nudge. Yeah. Just a little nudge and then roll again. Yeah. That's why they call him Sunshine. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I think are we? At oh, it? we're about an hour in. Oh man! So uh, I I think we're probably going to try to have you back on again at some point <laughs> in the near future. This, this is awesome. This is I'm oh, uh, my for gosh. our listeners. I mean, for someone who's been hanging around Brian for a good number of years, uh, this is the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. So you know, the personal personal story about with with Brian is that um, I often tell tell people I'm. I'm just fast enough to make when I ride with Brian that I'm just fast enough to make Brian feel like it's not a waste of his time. And I've become a master of the open-ended question. With him. <laughs> <laughs> just to wear him out. <laughs> just so that. <laughs> that's, that's the trick. Oh, man. Well, if, um, yeah, and definitely, I mean, so the really cool thing, I, I think, and kind of spin this to the shop a little bit, is like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, the Path guys are just Enduro guys. Like, if you want to know about the fringe stuff, if you need gear tips, <laughs> if you're going to go, if you need to go do a 100 race or you're going to go race fat bikes in Alaska or go bike packing, that expertise is in the corner doing the purchasing. <laughs> um, it really is. How to set up a bike for a 100-mile race. Oh, yeah. Um, how, to, how Even, I don't know, training. I mean, because as much as Brian's done the adventure stuff, I, I think you've also taken, I do remember, a very structured training approach to some specific 100-mile races. Yeah. yeah. There was a good, like, I don't know, five or six years where uh, that was kind of all I was all I was in, really interested in. Yeah. And and just to loop this back, you know Linda Wallenfels? Yeah. Yeah, the when I was racing a lot, the like endurance cycling community was much smaller back then it seemed like. Um right. so everyone everyone knew each other. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so you've kind of followed her, well, she has planning training plans you can buy, but she helped Yeah. like do this, do this, do she gave yeah. you a training plan essentially. Yeah, when I first when I first met Linda, uh, she wasn't coaching yet. She was just like crushing records everywhere and like, yeah. kind of being the top of the game. And then uh, when she started coaching, it was like, yeah, who wouldn't want this person to coach them? Right. Yeah. She's she's got it pretty figured out. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I remember you telling me when you were training for hundreds, like you'd go hundred mile road ride till three in the morning, kind of stuff, right? Yeah, I had I had a specific training plan with Linda, and it was, you know, it was hard to fit it all in sometimes. Um, yeah, and I, I can't remember what my work schedule was back then, but yeah, for some reason, on on numerous occasions, it wound up being like, yeah, Friday night off work at seven, and like riding by myself until three in the morning or something. Wow, just uh, or you know, getting up at three a.m. and riding for hours before work or wow, but it was yeah. I, I don't really, I can't imagine myself really doing that now because I'm, I guess I'm in a little bit of a different place in life. But at the time I was single and pretty hungry for it. And, yeah. Um, I, I think I've kind of be, there was definitely a turning point where like I realized that it was sort of a jack of all trades. Like I was, I was climbing a little bit. I was paddling a little bit. I was riding bikes. I was doing all these different things, but I wasn't really like, putting all of my effort into one thing. Right. Um, and there was definitely a point where I decided like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to ride bikes. Like I'm just going to do my best at racing long distances. And, um, 
I did that for probably five or six years and then kind of decided I wanted to be a jack of all trades again. Yeah. Which is kind of where I'm at now, I guess. Yeah. Washed up bike racer. Yeah. <laughs> very high level jack of all trades, by the yeah. way. So adventurer. Yeah. So so turning it back to what Nathan was saying, yeah, I mean, reach out on us um at, you know, um podcast at the pathbikeshop dot com. And, you know, if you got a question on the endurance stuff, uh we'll forward those things on to Brian and and um get some feedback and yeah. have Brian back yeah, on. Yeah, particular races you want to know about or Yeah. Yeah, and that's why we bring up like the Grizzly Hundred, the Leadville, Cream Puff, pretty much any hundred miler in the nation that's been around a long time. Yeah. Quite possibly Brian's raced it. Um if you're interested in doing the Iditarod on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you guys want to hear about that? We'll, have, we'll do a whole show on that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, let's uh Nick definitely next show. I mean Yeah, I would say can. we got we gotta save a little bit for, for future shows. Iditarod sure. on a bike. I recognize that might be pushing it for a lot of these listeners but it no, is pretty awesome yeah no well i think we, i think we need to save that one for future shows for sure and i think definitely that could be a whole show in itself from the prep of that the gear like the homemade gear yeah i mean i love it like, oh yeah so brian's a pretty good seamster stir, seamstress stir. He, he sews a lot of his own gear and it's really rad like he makes some cool stuff so, so. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and just um, I think uh, next show, yeah, we, we'll cover some some. We should have some good race coverage in yeah. the next show. Yeah, teaser, teaser, yeah, teaser. teaser. Uh, yeah, this last weekend, Megan from the shop and I did a team twelve hour race at one of our local races. So we'll kind of recap that. Um, Hopefully have some enduro race information for you, some new bike build information on next shows and might have some news from what Snow Summit look like looks like early in the season as oh, well. Oh yeah, they're gonna open up soon. So yeah. Snow Summit's gonna be up and running. Rumor has it Snow Valley maybe doing a bike park. I heard that. Yeah, yeah. What do you did did you see the detail that they're gonna try to shoot it for the end of June? No. Oh. That seemed ambitious. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's not just me. I was like, end of June, huh? Considering there's no trails there. Yeah. 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 Maybe. Maybe give that a give that a uh, little bit more of a buffer. We could use it though. We could use another park. Yeah, for sure. I love I love Snow Valley. I I think I raced there back in '98. The only downhill race I ever won. Oh my gosh. (laughs) There's three of us there, but (laughs) that's great. (laughs) So, uh, Ak, anything else or? Nah, I think we're good. Man, Brian, thank you for joining yeah, us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, we we definitely hope to have Brian on again. And uh, yeah, we hope you enjoyed his stories as much as we do. For and me. even if you don't, we're having him back on because we enjoy him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, from uh, Nathan, Brian, Auk, and Tani in, in absence, uh, love the bike you ride.